You're listening to Investify, preaching financial independence and assisting investors to achieve a more flexible and free lifestyle through smart financial planning and real estate investing. If leaving the corporate world and jumping into this thriving industry is what you desire, tune in and listen to stories of like-minded individuals who made the leap to financial independence. Welcome to Invest to Friday. This is Chad Rocky. Today I'm going to run through a case study that I helped one of my buyers out. We closed last fall and it's just a pretty good case study. I hope to get some insight of what kind of deals out there are possible and it's a little bit more of the numbers that go behind it. It's, it's a pretty cool story that how we ended up getting this significantly under asking. So let me first start by saying this client, this is his second house. I helped him buy his first house in the fall of 21, roughly. And that was a house hack as well. He lived downstairs. He had, I believe, three roommates or, or three people that lived upstairs. And he was living for free at that house. And so this is his second house hack. And so this house was in Arvada. We were looking probably for about, I want to say, two months or so. We put in maybe one or two offers. This is in the fall again of last year of 23. Rates were still relatively high in the seven range. Supply was pretty low, but, but competition was also pretty low. And so this particular house, it was on the market for about 20 days. In the notes of the listing, it said it was a 1031 exchange which 1031 exchange, there's some timelines that you have to abide by there. I don't want to go down the, the whole rabbit hole of the 1031, but essentially you have to abide by these certain, can be tight deadlines. And we knew that going into it, that they were probably a little bit desperate to to move this house. It was listed at 575, which this house is a fixer-upper, which is what we were looking for. Some The idea was to get into a fixer-upper, wanted to put some money into it, and then he's going to house hack it as well, have some roommates and essentially rent it by the room. But he wanted to get a little bit lower purchase price and put that work into it to do some sweat equity. So it was listed at 575 in Arvada, which listed too high. At that point in time in the market, you could get probably almost turnkey houses for 575, 600 in that area of Arvada. So we knew it was listed too high. It was sitting for 20 days. We knew they were under a little bit of pressure. And talking to the agents, I knew that they had no other offers and not many showings. One of the questions I always ask is, what's the activity been like? Do you have any offers in hand? And kind of get a, a feel for what we're working with as far as competition. So there weren't many showings, no offers, under a timeline, listed too high. So we went in essentially, at, we wanted to net them 520 net price. So meaning we, we wanted to baking some seller concessions for my buyer. So what we ended up doing was saying, all right, our purchase price is going to be five thirty-five, and we want $15,000 back in seller concessions, which would essentially go to closing costs and down payment for the buyer. So that five thirty-five was our purchase price, $15,000 concession. So we're netting them five twenty. They had said, no, that's too low. Okay. And we let it sit a day. And then they came back and they said, how about 5.30? And we're like, no, it's a 5.20 net. That's the offer. And then they let it sit another day and they were just ready to move on it. So 
ended up holding our ground and getting it at 520 net, which was 55K below asking price, which is a pretty substantial amount, clearly. And he also got the 15K seller concessions. He also was using a down payment assistance program. So he got about, I want to say 20,000 in down payment assistance. So his total out of pocket was about $10,000 total. And this house was going to need to be a fixer upper. So the plan was to put about 50,000 in rental. So he had an ARV of about 625,000. The plan then with this is that he's going to live downstairs with two roommates. So it'll be a three bed, one bath downstairs, and it'll be a three bed, one bath upstairs. And so he'll be renting out five of the bedrooms and he'll be living in the six bedroom. So the upstairs at roughly $800 a bedroom, that's bringing in 2,400. And then downstairs, two bedrooms, he'll rent out at 800 a piece. These are averages, some rooms. Can be a little bit more if it has a private bathroom. If it's upstairs bedroom with its own private bathroom, a little bit larger, that might be nine fifty. If it's a downstairs, smaller, no private bathroom, that might be seven fifty. So give or take some numbers here, but let's just say on average eight hundred dollars per bedroom, and the two down the two downstairs at sixteen hundred total. So his total income is going to be four thousand. The five bedroom set eight hundred is four thousand. His PITI, so his principal, interest, taxes, insurance, all in monthly payment was 4100 So as you can see here, he's paying 4100 He's getting 4000 in income, basically living for $100, which is amazing. That's fantastic. So he's able to cut away his typically, your largest expense is going to be your mortgage expense or your rent expense. So that's money in his pocket that if he were renting or not house hacking, he'd be out $1,500 or $2,000 or whatever that, that mortgage might be or rent might be. And that's essentially just going into his pocket. So he's able to save a greater chunk of his income that's not being spent on housing. It's just going back a little bit to the renovation, he was going to put in the bathroom downstairs. It had a one bedroom. It was pretty dated. It had a bedroom, unfinished utility room. So he was going to add two bedrooms and finish it, make it look really nice, add the bathroom, and then that ARV of about 625000 So he bought it at 535 was the purchase price, and putting fifty into it, then he'd be all in it at five eighty five. So six twenty five minus the five eighty five, he's going to have about $40,000 in equity once he's all done, as well as living for $100 a month. Now, is there some ups and downs? Like what? 100%. I, I recently talked to him and had a little bit troubles with the contractor, which can certainly happen. Budgeting and going over budgets a real thing and timelines a real thing. So it's not all easy and gravy. And just if anybody says that real estate investing is easy, don't believe him because it's not. But he's having a little bit of short-term pains here of dealing with contractors and taking a little bit longer than he might've thought. But at the end of the day, a year from now or two years or three years when that house that he bought for you know 520000 net price is now worth 650000 or 700000 are these trade-offs of dealing with contractors and some annoyance and maybe working some late hours and pinching some pennies to save, is that worth it to have $150,000 of equity in a house? And substantially grow your savings because you're paying $100 in mortgage. Most people would say 
yes, that's a that's a trade off that they would be they would be willing to take. So, just wanted to touch on that example today. I think it's a really good example of this particular buyer. This was his second one, so now he's his first one is I think he's roughly making probably his mortgage payments pretty low because he bought in when rates were low, potentially fifteen hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars on that first one. So he's net cash flowing there. And now he's got this second one. And so you can see how this spirals in three, four or five years from now, he could have four or five houses that each one of them is making him a thousand dollars, even just breaking even. You have that principal pay down by someone else. His tenants are paying down the principal balance for him. The appreciation is going up. So that's the beautiful thing of it goes in opposite directions. The, the payments or balance is getting lower and the house is getting worth more. Over time, time is on your side. You can see that the power of that. So he could have four or five houses and four or five years from now, each of them making a thousand dollars and having five or six thousand dollars of of income coming in, along with that first house be having hundred and fifty thousand dollars of equity in that one. This next one he's got a hundred thousand dollars of equity. And so it just spirals. But the biggest thing is just taking that leap and getting started. You gotta start somewhere. It is scary. And there's challenges along the way, and that's certainly understandable, but just surrounding yourself with people that are doing what you want to do, building out your team. You got to have an agent in your back pocket. You got to have a lender in your back pocket. You got to have contractors in your back pocket. And once you just attend meetups and build relationships, it makes it that much easier. Like you don't need to do it all. You have, you can, you can have people to help you, you know, along the way. So just wanted to go over that example today. I think it's a great example of what's possible and just keeping that long-term focus and just making the leap and getting started somewhere. So that's it for today. Again, I'm Chad Rocky. You can find me on Instagram at Rocky the Realtor. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. That's it for this episode of Investify. We hope that these nuggets of real estate wisdom lead to more savvy financial planning and a clearer path towards financial freedom. For more content like this, subscribe to the show at investify.com. Don't forget to leave a rating and share it with your friends. Together, we can transform more real estate newbies into successful and clever investors. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next one.